I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter and hip hop by the numbers on Twitter. Ben, 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 Ben. Slow down. Continue. I'm Ben Carter. I run hip hop by the numbers on Twitter. You see what's this thing's hard, the bigger picture? And I'm director of the fifth element. Well, I highlight the fifth hip hop is like, welcome to Digging in Digits. too fast. I had to slow down. Gotta slow down. Gotta slow down. <laughs> Which is interesting because I'm about to rant later. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Ooh. Hi Ben, how's your week been? What did this week? I'm excited for a rant because I just got a rant off right before me. <laughs> went on air. Exactly. I went fucking nuclear. <laughs> I think I had an aneurysm. <laughs> oh shit. That's um, why I said slow down. Bro. Yeah slow. man, I fucking uh, I need to calm down a little bit. Uh, Perfect. Perfect. this this week, uh, two albums. I didn't I didn't prepare anything, but uh, I got into Westside Guns Side B, which I actually thought was better than Someone Side asked A. You? I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. Um, yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I think it was better than Side A. I think the project the the guests were great. The production was great. Uh, I actually thought Side A was a little bit too sleepy. Uh, maybe it was just a little bit not enough drums. Maybe not enough percussion. But I certainly think that yeah, not enough do 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 do. Well. Well, I have analysis coming on that very soon. Not I've enough booms. I've decided to go through every single West Side Gun album. Not enough boom booms. And oh, count, up, count up the booms. Count up the doots. Count up the... Ah! <laughs> count them all up. So very soon you'll have a nice little graphic in there that I'll, I'll show and hopefully it'll get shared. Oh, fun. And the other artist was the Lyrical James Dean. The Lyrical oh. James Dean is back. <laughs> He's back. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> he has back. He's got a new album out. G Easy, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. G Easy has returned with a new album. Yes. I forget what it's called. I haven't got it written down in front of me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. But it's actually. Fucking no, hell. That's, no. That says a lot. <laughs> nah, it's good, man. It's good. G Easy <laughs> makes, makes bangers. Like, you just can't get around the fact that he makes bangers. There's actually some. Um, some really uh, pretty evocative emotional language on this record. He's going into his issues with drug addiction, uh, his issues with fame, his issues with mental health. I really like it. I really like it when he does that. Uh, I don't like the fact he's going through it at all, but it certainly comes off as uh, affecting, very affecting. I actually listened to it yesterday while I was uh, lifting weights, or the day before maybe, and uh, there's a track with E40 on there. That's a banger. Um, there's some absolute bangers on there. Jeezy, Jeezy makes very listenable music, and uh, if he is listening, you know that's a, that's a Charlie special. That one right there, lyrical James Dean. That is all yours. Charlie said that he has been working on this for a few months, um, and he's just okay. come up with it. Right. He's because you know, Jeezy okay. does look like Calm James down. Dean, and I I think it's I think it's apt. So Jeezy, if you want it, hit up Charlie, Chili Charlie. Uh, Calm down. DM Calm him. Down. And uh, get that checkbook open because that's going to cost you some money. That's not coming. <laughs> that's not free. That one. <laughs> so that that was me, uh, Charlie. What about yourself this week? Yeah, invoice pending. All right. Um, I got into plenty this week, uh, which is good since uh, you had nothing. Um, so yeah, I start off with a friend of five e or a major with Goat Gene. 
Uh, I, I, I was weird because I thought yeah, he hasn't dropped in a minute, but he did that XO two like in April. So I thought, so yeah, yeah. So so a quick little EP right here. Um, just some, just some like uh, you know, just uh, uh, just just letting letting you know you're still here kind of thing. Um, real real uh, real uh, muscly uh, bars here coming back to I guess his uh, domain. Uh, you said like you know workout kind of music and. Uh, I know Oren is very aware uh, that his music is very high energy and very good for, you know, the gym rats out there. And uh, this is just more of that, more of that kind of, you know, really real muscle, real muscle shit. Um, activated buckets, hard track game as well. Uh, yeah, some just some decent stuff all around here. So it's only five tracks, not too long. Uh, Red TV simple and yeah, man, just some just some big or major energy, which I am always here for. Uh, Melonix, uh, spell M O M E L O N Y X, uh, little duo here, Black Elixir EP. I'm loving these girls uh, and just how they uh, and how they combine their voices, uh, how they just stack on each other. That that them harmonies just come through smooth like butter. Um, energy top track for me, Lemon Honey Ray, uh, real nice. Black Elixir actually, the the the, the title track's really good. Uh, Melon in Queens, while I love the while I love the uh, the just the the lyrical uh, subject matter there, and the and the harmonies going on there, the beat is a little bit. I feel like it should be different, but apart from that, um, I can't complain. The last two tracks are good as well. Um, solid DP, six six tracks, uh, 21 minutes or 22 minutes, just about. Um, yeah, man. Shout out to Melonix. Love their work. Um, looking for more definitely in the future. Uh, Corey Henry. Um, fun fact, and this kind of did. This is a little taster of, uh, you know, this delight that's going to come through. Um, but I saw Corey Henry and the Funk Apostles. I think it's called the Funk Apostles. Let me check for it, just for double checking. Um, and um, I saw him. Uh, uh, what was it? Um, yeah, him and the Funk Apostles. Uh, uh, what was it? Um, support. That's the word. Uh, support Lauren Hill. Uh, when I saw her at the O2 a couple of years ago. Um, maybe he, maybe he'll uh, do the same this year. I won't know. But we'll get to that in a bit. Um, uh, but yeah, he has this album, uh, Best of Me. Um, I just, I love the, I, I don't know, it's just really throwback, really retro, um, you know, just super funky, jazzy, soulful, just a blend of just really good stuff going on. It's a, it's a nice soup of just black American art. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's mainly instrumental, uh, but he comes through a couple of times, you know, just, uh, vocally, uh, but this is, this is really great stuff here, I, I'm, I absolutely love every single second of it, uh, really good stuff all around, shout out to Corey Henry, uh, Salem Brigham, Mellow Music, uh, Mellow Music Group, back with another one, back with another heater, uh, South Sinistry, love this album, uh, love me some Salem, Salem Brigham, uh, some great beats all around. Got Marlo there on the law. Love that. Shout out to Lorange as well. Um, but yeah, most of, this is all Salem Brigham, uh, just from front to back, just under th- 40 minutes. Um, I just love this dude's uh, just the way he's able to just change up flows in a in a in a finger click, just in a snap. Uh, the, just the just the lyrical ability and also his voice. I don't know. His voice is very unique. I really like it. It's very fascinating how he just uh, his vocal inflections. Uh, but yeah, I, overall, it's just the bars. It's the way he goes about it. Uh, they're just it's 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 jazzy in that fashion where you don't really know how he's gonna go about it. Um, so you're just left on 
you just left on edge of your seat. I was like, how is he going to tackle this one? And he like, just hits you with something different every time. Absolutely love it. Uh, D Smoke, War and Wonders, second album from the from the uh, Rhythm and... Is it Rhythm and Flow? I think that's the game show. Uh, well, Contest, whatever you call it. Uh, from the Rhythm and Flow winner. Um, I think I prefer this to Black Habits. And that's saying something considering, obviously, that was Grammy nominated for Best Rap Album the other year. A couple of years ago. Um, or was it like this year? I forget. <laughs> Time blends. Um, but yeah, I, I like I like this album. I like this album. Um it starts off uh, it starts off very de smoky and by the by that I just mean uh he sometimes does this thing where like he has a banger of a song and then like for the last minute he just stops everything dead and just does like uh you know you know how some artists like uh I don't have to. I don't have to say without sounding derogatory, but you know how they just stop tracks and they just like talk. You know what I mean? It's like it's been a long road, it's been a long journey, but we're here now. Some something like that. You know what I mean? Just some like you know inspirational stuff. Sometimes he just stops a hard track, just dead to do that kind of stuff, and I'm just like, ah, I don't know. Could have picked a different track for that, but anyway. But past that, uh, once it gets into like the features, uh, uh, road rage. Banger track, Marshall Ambrose and Dem Joints on that one. Love that track. Uh, Toby and we and we, Toby and we and uh, BJ Chicago Kid on Find My Way. Banger track, crossover Westside Boogie. Banger, Common Sense with Sir. Banger. Um, kind of peters out for me on the feature side uh, later on. Uh, good thing with Ty Dollar Sign is pretty much just a Ty Dollar Sign track that with D Smoke on it. If it, that's a bit weird on that front, just kind of tips. Uh, Sleepwalking, mm, I wasn't really into the hook on that one. Uh, Clockwork Marshall Ambrosius is great. Love me some Marshall Ambrosius. Uh, Ambrosius. Ambrosius? Ambrosius. And um, yeah, but the, the other tracks, uh, just him on it. Uh, he carries the weight uh, a lot, and uh, I'm here for that. It's just over an hour. Uh, definitely worth a listen. So shout out to D Smoke. Uh, Esperanza Spalding, song, songwriter's apothecary. Apothecary Lab. I have to. I just have to like say apothecary like like several times to myself just to actually gather how to say it. Um, I have to word it out in my head. But basically, it's another word for pharmacists or chemists if you're over here. Um, but yeah, this is um super just all out uh vocal jazz. Um, she just floats on everything here. Um, there are times where I just feel like if you're gonna have like this kind of track listing where. You know, it, it just all says form weller. I think that's how you say it. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, da, da, da. I feel like if you're going to have that, I feel like there should be consistency and, like, uh, just from cut the cuts from song to song should, should be completely seamless and feels like it's one big recording, but it isn't. And sometimes it just stops dead and it kind of puts me out of that. Um, but that's just a, that's a bit of a nitpick and more of just, like, a taste thing for me. Um, more personal taste, but apart from that, um, this is some great, there's some great, uh, just sections here, some really good stuff all around, uh, and she just carries a lot of it, um, obviously with the songwriting, uh, her vocals and the stacking on those vocals a lot of the time, just absolutely just smash, uh, smash everything out of the park, um, so yeah, so real calm listen, real fun listen, uh, every time I, every time you're gonna listen to that, it's gonna be something fresh for you. Um, just a new, you know, just a new, like, vocal element that you just didn't catch last time. Definitely a, like, a several, you know, a several listen kind of thing going on there. Uh, Blue, the colour blue, where I'm surprised he hasn't done this before, 
where well, well, well he has done this before like <laughs> in plenty of tracks in his uh, career uh where he just you know just literally riffs on everything that is that, that could possibly be blue and uh on the on the flip side of that on the production side uh people like exile j57 surplus um they come through with absolutely outstanding samples uh where <laughs> where the, the where them samples constantly say you know basically either the title or something around the title and it's just it's just really meta and i'm here for that it's it's just great um this is a real seminal record for me uh from listening to blue i love me some blue uh he he comes through some great uh, uh lyrics all around uh just again constantly talking about the color blue in some fashion uh there is one track which it comes off a bit heavy-handed where he constantly talks about like a you know the political aspect of life and society in America. This is a bit heavy-handed. I forgot which track it was, but it comes off very just like yeah, beating you over the head with it. Um, talking about Trump and you know just stuff happening going on in America. You know it's it's it really bashes you over the head with it. Um, but apart from that track, uh, the rest of it absolutely bangs. And uh, you know it's just some real. And the production is just so jazzy, you know, it's just like so- sometimes he's just rapping, you know, kind of offbeat, but it's, I don't know, it's just, it's so freeform in some fashion. It's fascinating to, to listen to. Shout out to Blue. And lastly, Nao, and then Life Was Beautiful. Had to, had to leave this for last. Had to leave it for last for me personally. Um, I have her, I have that vinyl, it came out, uh, it came to me, uh, I pre-ordered that, I, I didn't care what, I, I didn't listen to any of the tracks, apart from Woman, um, cause that was just a must listen to me, um, but I, I got the, I got the vinyl, and I'm happy I got the vinyl, but even with that said, it's not my favourite Nao album, um, honestly, it probably still is her first album, uh, for all we know, but that's just me personally, um, this comes, uh, I, I feel like with, with compared to, um, For We Know and Saturn, uh, her previous two albums, uh, this comes across as more Nao looking outwards, whereas the previous two was her looking very deeply inward. Um, the first one was a lot more abstract compared to something like Saturn in terms of the subject matter. Um, uh, the Saturn was very personal considering... It was around the time she had her quote-unquote Saturn return. For the astrology people, you know what I'm talking about. For those that not, aren't in the know. for Did I say my astrology people? <coughs> Sorry, not about that life. But anyway, for the astrology people, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and if you don't, just look up Saturn return. It's pretty simple to uh, to grasp. Um, and basically, that's the whole concept of that album. But this one is more, it's more of a tonic. For you know everything that's been gone, everything that's been going on for the past you know eight year, eighteen months, nearly two years now, um, you know for stuff like uh, Antidote, uh, uh, Nothing's for Sure, Woman, Postcards, uh, and then Life Was Beautiful, the title track. You know these are very, these are very outward looking and very. Uh, and just very fun to listen to. Um, there, you know, she has a deep, she has a deep cuts here. You know, weight, burnout, uh, amazing grace is just super, just pff, angelic to me. Um, my personal favorite is probably Woman, but I just, I just love the chemistry that her and Leanne Le Havas have on that track. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting album. I feel like I need to listen to it again, um, just to see how it, see how, see if it sticks on me again. 
um, but it doesn't. It didn't really. It didn't punch me in the chest uh, like the first two did um, immediately on first listen. Um, so maybe this is uh, more of a slow burn for me personally. Um, I can see a lot of people liking this. There's some great flavors here. Some very modern R and B all over the place. But um, she's clearly gotten rid of you know the more um, electronic side uh, of her music that she had. Uh, in for all we know for example I love that element I love just listening to that album and just being just taken away with like these heavy you know synths uh, and her and her voice just echoing in the breeze is just crazy to think about but um, this is much more grounded this is much more uh, not simplified but I don't mean that in a horrible way um, it is very accessible to a lot of people and uh I might just see her live just for woman, <laughs> just to, just for the potential, uh, just for the potential of uh, seeing Le- her and Leanna Havis just like just fucking boss boss it live. Um, but that's a that's a that's a shot in the dark. But I got a vinyl and I'm happy, so I can't complain. Shout out to the Queen, one of the best voices in the fucking game. Okay, just just don't at me. Fuck it, at me. One of the best voices in the game, if not the best voice. Her voice is angelic. You can't you can't. You can't test me on that, okay? Anyway, with that said, we shall hop into our topic for this episode. And we are doing a retrospective on the... I don't know how to word it, but the very... um, The very, uh, I guess, uh, interesting. Let's just say say interesting uh, uh, group that is brand Nubian. In a lot of ways, I feel like we're going to get into, you know, obviously, uh, Sadat X... Grand Poobah, and believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, Lord Jamar had a career before just, you know, uh, talking to the Fed that is uh, Black Fed TV. Um, He had a rap career beforehand. He had a career before that, before he was just, you know, spouting nonsense on Vlad TV. So, uh, fascinating side on that, but um, obviously that'll be probably the... I'd I'd rather not talk about that side of things, but you know I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of other stuff worth getting into apart from that. Um, but yes, yeah, we'll get into it regardless. Um, so yeah, Ben, what have you got for us today on this front? Well, it's not a not a Lord Jamar solo episode, so we won't be talking about his. Yeah, <laughs> like that will happen. Uh, look, I'm going to preface the whole episode by saying that I do not have deep knowledge about Five Percent Nation, so. I do not seek to. I mean, we did we did do an episode on religion, and we did dip on it uh, a while a while back. I'm gonna get the episode number just for specificity, but uh, people can. I do remember we did talk about religion, and I did reference the five percenters. I don't know if I did it perfectly, <laughs> but um, we did do an episode on religion uh, a, a way back, like on the first ten episodes or something like that. But okay. uh, let me find the episode number just for. Just yeah. with prosperity and continue. Yeah, I mean, look, brand new being in Five Percent Nation, like that, that kind of episode content. four. Episode four. <laughs> there you go. Wow, wolf. I wouldn't recommend yeah. going. Yeah. Hey, you can check it out if you want, guys. But like, <laughs> just remember, Ben recorded ev- on his phone back then, so he's not. He doesn't enjoy it. <laughs> that was episode four. Okay, so just relax. We're on like episode two hundred and fifty. It's so right it's now. so bad. The episode summary has the full show notes and the transistor link for no reason. Wow. Back in the day, man. Yeah, back, back in, in the, the audio day. boom days. We were so Fuck's much sake. younger back then. Anyway, <laughs> Brand Nubian. So, Brand Nubian was formed in 1989. If you think about the landscape in 1989, you know, Brand Nubian has often been described as a militant hip-hop group, and they were in solid company at the time. You know, they formed after Grand Poobah's group, Masters of Ceremony, disbanded. 
and they joined NWA, Ice-T, Ghetto Boys, Public Enemy in pursuing deeply political and socially conscious content, which is something that Lord Jamar actually told rap reviews that drew a lot of ire from the media at the time. And he said, and I quote, how do we deal with that? I guess, you know, you just got to be secure with yourself. Know what you're doing is right. You know, don't even worry about what other people might say. Now, as Charlie alluded to, listeners may be more familiar with Lord Jamar's post brand newbie work. He can be a pretty divisive figure, and he certainly has spent more time on DJ Vlad's couch than the actual upholstery. He's always there, man. He's always up there. But <laughs> they actually had a recent falling out, and uh, 11 months ago, Lord Jamar said he'd never go back up there, and doesn't seem like he's been up there since. But prior to his media persona, Lord Jamar was a pivotal member of one of the greatest hip-hop acts of all time. And not only was he a rapper, but he produced almost everything the group dropped alongside Grand Puba and Sadat X. Now, Grand Puba was on before Brand Nubian. He had a record deal, and he had a record out called Dynamite with the group Masters of Ceremony. That album was a critical darling. It was fawned over as being indicative of the sonic landscape of the 80s, but it didn't sell as much as the group was expecting, and so they disbanded. And it freed him up to create Brand Nubian. And I say create... Because DJ Alamo told Big Face Gary, now DJ Alamo and DJ Sincere, I'll get to them when we get to around to the second album. They were both part of the group. They were both part of the group. They weren't rapping members, uh, and they often get kind of pushed to the side a little bit. But they were part of it, man. And, and DJ Alamo told Big Face Gary in 2020 that it was Grand Puba who created the group. And in he were, his words, in Alamo's words, he pointed out Lord Jamar, Sadat X, and Alamo, and he said he wanted to start a group with them. Now, Sadat X sounds like a genuine community person. He's a teacher, he's a firefighter, he's a children's basketball coach, and he sounds like a genuine person. He grew up in the Bronx literally during the time when hip-hop was born, and he said he used to see all these legendary MCs and DJs, like DJ Theodore, Jazzy Five MCs, Cold Crush Brothers, Busy B, and of course, Cool Herc. Now, all three main members are from New Rochelle, and they were all in each other's orbits. Grand Puba was the early glue. He had the connections and the name thanks to Master of Ceremony. So he began with working with Lord Jamar as a solo artist and Sadat X as a solo artist, separate from each other. Now, Lord Jamar told Drink Champs that Grand Puba was doing everything back then. You know, he was rapping, he was singing, he was producing, he was drum programming. He was just the whole package at the time. Pause. Uh, he ended up teaching Lord Jamar how to produce. I just, I just thought I had to throw that in there. When we do these retrospectives, just throw a pause in there every now and then for posterity's sake. But uh, so it was Grand Puba who taught Lord Jamar how to produce. Now, Lord Jamar said that he and Grand Puba were walking through the mall one day after Master of Ceremony had broken up, and Puba was despondent, you know, worrying about his next move. And Lord Jamar said, "Let's get Sadat X and form a trio." And it would be easier than having to create three solo careers. So that was, you know, they were all planning to do stuff together. But initially it was like, well, Puba will work with Lord Jamar and Sadat X separately. So it was in early 1988 or late 1987, according to Sadat X, uh, that Grand Puba hit up Sadat X and, and pitched the idea. Now, Sadat told Uncut about the origin of his relationship with Grand Puba, and I quote... First, we started doing little stuff in the school, in the middle school and the high school, just being the nicest in the school. Then as we got a little older, they started having little parties. So we go rock the parties, cookouts, talent shows. I did it all, man. Grand Poobal was already in the group Master of Ceremony, which was in New Rochelle, and he was older than me. So he always had words of advice for me. Took me to the studio and showed me how to write songs and count bars and such. He was doing that with me. While he was doing that with me, Jamar and Jamar, one day there was a track and we all rhymed on it and it sounded good. 
since Puba was already in the industry, about six months later, we got a deal. So it was pretty fast. So before they even had the name Brand Nubian, they were shopping for deals. They didn't even have any music recorded at this point. This might be the first episode we've ever done where a group was actually shopping deals without a name or a song. I can't think of anyone who I can't I just can't think of it. You know, and they were doing it off the strength of Grand Puba's name. They they said they would just rock up. To, it was like a job interview, but they had no resume. So they ended up at Tommy Boy in front of Dante Ross, who was a legendary A&R who signed D-Law, Queen Latifah, and Digital Underground prior to Brand Nubian. He was impressed, but he wanted a demo. So they got together and, and scrounged up some recording time, and they came back a couple of weeks later, and they blew him away. And he said he was super excited. So he'd moved on from Tommy Boy to Electra, and he wanted to sign them, but they still had no name, right? Now, I think Brand Nubian is one of the best names in hip-hop history. I genuinely Thanks. do. Nubia is a region along the Nile, which was home to one of the earliest civilizations of Africa, which is the Kerma culture. Now, Nubian people are indigenous to this region, which in modern society is northern Sudan and southern Egypt. Now, Nubians' primary religion are Christianity and Islam, but as time has progressed, Islam has become more widespread than Christianity. And of course, Brand Nubian are part of the 5% nation. So they had a, fire, a naming session one night after their link up with Electra, and the, the name Brand Nubian was born. And think about it, man. It's a great name. Such a great name. It's a play on Brand New, which is descriptive of their energy. It's steeped in history through Nubia and Nubian culture. Like It's just a great name, man. And so they get the Electra deal. And they're given a single, uh, and they drop their first single, which is titled Brand Nubian, uh, with Feel So Good on the B-side. Now, Brand Nubian said back then a lot of people were using the same samples. For example, the sample they used on one of these songs off their first single was also used by Cool Mo D. So Lord Jamar said every time he heard that sample come on the radio, he got super hyped because he thought it was theirs. But it turned out to be the Cool Mo D song. <laughs> Which, um, you know, it's pretty crazy, right? Like, oh my God. So in the end, yeah, they finally we've... played the brand Nubian version and they were out of there. You know, it was their signal that they made it and they could consolidate on that sound. And I guess the most pertinent question to ask of their origin is where the content came from. Because as we get through these albums, you'll see that the content is so key to early brand Nubian music. And, you know, uh, brand Nubian, they pulled absolutely no punches with their content. Puba's family had ties to the Black Panthers. Lord Jamar said that New Rochelle was a place where a lot of Black Panther members lived and would hide out from time to time. Uh, he said that on Drink Champs. He even said there were prominent members living right behind Sadat X. So I don't think it needs any further explanation than that. You know, all three primary members grew up around people from 5% Nation and the messages permeate their discography. In the Journal of African American History, they cite Grand Puba's verse on Wake Up Reprise off their debut album as being very important. I'll read this section because I, um, I think it's interesting. Frontman Grand Puba of Brand Nubian explicated the conditions in which many African Americans lived during this period and provided them with a mantra for self-determination. In Wake Up Reprise, Puba explained, drugs in our community, that ain't right. Can't even get a job. That ain't right. Lion who is God. That ain't right. Puba, however, provides a solution. Knowledge of self to better ourself because I know myself that we can live much better than this. So the conclusion of the song leaves an, and this is, I'm still reading the quote, leaves an echoing message of self-determination. Move on, black man. Move on. You got to move on, black man. Move on. Now, during the Drink Champs interview, Lord Jamar explained that the knowledge of self was a huge advantage to Brand Nubian, not just as MCs, but as a group and people in general. And Nori spoke about New York in the 80s being 
uh, much less about factional gangs and more about knowing your lessons. He even said you couldn't come outside without knowing today's mathematics. And Lord Jamar also spoke of the idea of gods. He said alpha males were seen as the gods, and thus they were opinion and thought leaders in communities, and this power had to be used for good. And Brand Nubian were acutely aware of the balance they had to strike. And Lord Jamar said at some point they made conscious music soft, and that made certain people not want to fuck with it. So that whole, I know I'm speaking a lot here, but I think this is important just to set up these first few albums. That whole exchange with Nori was predicated on the fact that hip-hop has changed dramatically from the 1980s, where knowledge of self, understanding of self and your surrounding was championed and lifted up, where it seems like in today's landscape, ignorance is prized over knowledge and championed. And that's the whole, you know, that's part of that whole conversation that Lord Jamal and Sadat X had with Nori. And... You know, it's within this back and forth that we see the value and power of Brand Nubian and why they are so revered in hip-hop. Shabi Allah wrote about their debut album on its 25th anniversary for The Source. And they said, and I think this sets the scene perfectly for their first album, Over a quarter century ago, Grand Poobah of the Masters of Ceremony linked up with gods Derek X and Lord Jamar Allah, recruited X's childhood pal Alamo as a DJ to form the four-man crew of Brand Nubian. The crew pioneered the sound of the gods, infusing knowledge and wisdom of the 5% nation in their lyrical content and used the music to attract many young black youth of that era to black consciousness. And I think that that really, really is a really evocative way to describe their first album and their first three albums. Yeah, for sure. Um, might as well just hop into that, uh, that first album, one, one for All. Mm-hmm. Um uh, yeah, I, 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 what thing I, thing I didn't really clock um, until looking up later um, was just the fact that they, you know, it, it's, it's, it's reminded me of Redman already that um, I didn't know that these guys produced as well as you know uh, did the bars for themselves as well. So it was very, it was a very hands-on uh, overall work um, by them. And continue to be so, which is great to which is great to see because I feel like we don't. I think I think that's rarely mentioned, um, ever. Mo- well, m- not ever, but like most of the time. Like okay, more more as like uh, you know we 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 reference it for like Kanye all the time. Oh my gosh, oh, he produces any raps. Oh my gosh, wow, right? But <laughs> no, there's so many that do it. And uh, they don't all get the well. Nobody, nobody gets the attention that Kanye gets. But you know what I mean. Like then nobody gets the. Um, I don't think many people get enough uh, platitudes for that. And the past two retrospectives we've done, uh, the past you know this week and last week, uh, you know, great examples of that from Redman and Brand Nubian. So uh, I just wanted to, you know, just just nail that down the fact that they produced uh, all but one two three four four of the 16 tracks on this album alone uh the rest of them they produced or co-produced um and that's and that's sick <laughs> that's sick another thing actually i find pretty fascinating is the fact that they don't all feature on tracks if that makes any sense so like, there's a there's you know concerto in x minor that's the dark x on just him uh, Lord Jamar has danced to my ministry. Grand Pooba has a few uh, uh, solo tracks for himself. So it's not all. Um, it's not all. You know, everybody's just uh, you know contributes a verse. Um, it's not equal, uh, which should 
probably be a negative, but I kind of like that. I, I like the fact that um, it's not force-feeding, you know, uh, a, a verse from everybody. Um, I'm sure there was some sort, I guess in that case, I could make a guess and say, as they were doing it, that there's there was a, some sort of, um, I don't know, maybe either a competition element or just a, a filtration element. Um, where I don't know, yeah, maybe maybe they all produce a verse and they're just like, nah, that's good, ah, uh, that's better, you know, stuff like that, or or they maybe just delegated. I don't know how it work, how it worked on that front. That's a uh, that's for them to answer. But um, I like that. I I like the unequal nature of it, um, which is kind of it's kind of refreshing. Uh, because all of it's decent, right? There's, I don't think there's anything uh bad about this album. Um, maybe I guess as a as a nitpick, uh, it's it, it they they it all blends together in one. It all blends together, uh, I guess. Uh, what's the word? Uh, production wise, um, it doesn't it doesn't deviate from the style that it has. Uh, you know, comparing to something like uh, obviously it's, um, it was a uh, what was the anniversary for Tribes Low in Theory this this week thirtieth. Um, yeah. Something like that it was Yesterday, a big one. I think, so you know, the day before, was it? Yeah, it was. No, it was a couple of days ago. I know oh. for sure. I just didn't. I just didn't know if it was a uh, thirty, but yeah, it's probably thirty, isn't probably it? 30, yeah, 90s, yeah, So yeah, um, so yeah, you know, comparing to something like that, and obviously, you know, it's a bit harsh to compare <laughs> brand new one for all to low end theory. Um, but you know, when you listen to low end theory, uh, there's you know, you know what bugging out is. You, you hear it. You hear that don don. You know, you know for a fact. Um, and apart from maybe like you know slow down, uh, yeah. Apart from maybe slow down, which is obviously very like probably the top track in for in terms of listenership for for Brand Nubian. A lot of the rest blend together for me, um, which can I guess uh, it, it warrant it warrants your attention. You know, what I mean, you need to put a lot of attention to it. Um, to actually gauge, uh, to, to gauge it, and I got that a lot through the first three albums, especially. So I'll try and I'll try not to repeat myself on that front, but it was worth just mentioning on my side. The a lot of it blended together uh, for me as it pertains to the beat selection, uh, which in some ways it's not a bad thing, considering that it's all very consistently decent. Um, but I would have liked a bit of a, uh, I guess, experimentation if I could nitpick. Well, man, five marks in the source. Oof. Five marks in the source. Like I can't, I can't hate that. I can't, I can't, you know, disagree. I can't disagree. They jumped, they jumped out of the gate with a classic. You know, it's just like <laughs> they really did. They really did. They came out with a classic, and you know, we spoke and about that. Far. Is rare, like you know, it's rare. It's rare, and it was also the the unique way that they were on the microphone. Like I think we spoke about Farside sounding so diverse and unlike anything else out there. A lot of these groups. Like the 80s and early 90s excelled by putting discordant styles against each other and kind of weaving them into an engaging, you know, sound and album. I think Graham Pooper was very smooth and he exerted a lot of confidence and seniority. Uh, yeah. Sadat X was off kilter, a little bit more inventive with his flow, and I thought Lord Jamal provided a much more mainstream delivery. I know a lot of people claim Lord Jamal was boring or the weakest member. But I just I don't see that. Like I just don't see that. I saw him as someone who definitely keeps time and he keeps brand new being connected to what sounded contemporary at the time. 
Um, and I think lyrically he was fine. Like on Feels So Good, he raps, MC rhymes are ancient like dinosaur fossil. They're weak and outdated while my rhymes are colossal. Like a Lamborghini, I look good and I'm expensive. Plus the power I'm leash- unleashing is just too intensive. Discombobulating MCs within my vicinity. Guys like my rhymes, girls like my masculinity. That's 80s. That is straight up mid-80s just braggadocio. And that's why I think Lord Jamar brought to the table I think the production, it was primarily handled by Brand Newbie themselves. Uh, and I thought, you know, I didn't think it was great. I thought it was the weakest part of his project. I think, as Charlie mentioned, Tribe Called Quest, uh, Tribe Called Quest were just, you know, completely out there with they de- their debut. Digital Underground completely out there. Um, I just think it, it just wasn't. It didn't match up, you know. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't excite or, or invigorate more so. And I think it's the lyrical content that really pushed this album over the top. And people talk about Kanye West making a religious album in 2021, as if religion hasn't been used as a powerful force for positive change in hip hop for decades. That's what I don't get. Like, yeah, I, mean, I know I get it because people don't go back and listen. But Brand Newbie on this record showed themselves to be sources of knowledge and wisdom. And their rhymes were like really peppered with deeply socially conscious messages. Um, you know, on Concerto in X minor, I'm kind of blessed, so I wrote this manifesto for life. Co-sign with the others with a knife on the real tip. Let's take a field trip from the ghetto. You pick the time we'll meet in the meadow to discuss racial issues and tension. New York's a powder keg that I forget to mention. Now, case in point, you'll remember that Brooklyn Bridge joint when things got wild and woolly. Yeah, the day the feds played the role of the bully. Um, and in the second verse, you know, there's references to Huey Newton, Yusuf Hawkins, saying that the, the compassion showed from other groups during those times was entirely false because when people rallied over those killings, they were attacked. And, you know, look at Slowdown, which is a look at the drugs infecting the community. Sadat X raps, damn, it's a shame. You're the mighty queen of the vials with a wide-eyed look and a rotten tooth smile. Used to walk with a swagger. Now you simply stagger from one spot to the next spot on to the next spot on to the next you know, that song in 2021 wouldn't fly because the tone is wrong. It's it's a little bit accusatory and a little bit dismissive rather than uplifting and compassion. But I do think it's evocative and the story that they're telling in that is a snapshot in hindsight of the issues that were surrounding Brand Newbie in their early days and how they sought to bring those issues to light, even if they weren't always perfect in the execution. Um, you look at a song like Drop the Bomb and you compare that to Lord Jamar's words on Drink Champs where he said that now ignorance is cool when it used to be knowledge of self. And that that verse on that, man, that's a great verse. Like It's honestly a great verse. And this is the push and pull of the album. And they said in that album that alpha males were the gods who brought the knowledge. I will never pretend to know again. I'll say it again. And I, I apologize profusely if I say something disrespectful. I'm just trying to like give an overview um, of of just like other people. Like this is like my an essay where I've just taken a book from a bunch of sources. I've I've been doing a lot of reading about this and trying to like deliver the words. Uh, I don't know much about five percent or the nation of gods and earths. I don't. But what I see in these bars are strong, powerful artists trying to inspire through strength rather than connecting through compassion, because compassion is already inherent in their messaging. Because to be idle, identify the issues that were facing African Americans in the 80s. Compassion is already there. It's a must. Otherwise, you'll never get the narrative depth that they put into their music. You just get anger and aggression. Um, As the Journal of African American History said, Brand Nubians sought to identify problems and provide solutions, not just criticize the end result of those problems. And maybe this is why they were given that militant title. Because apparently songs like Drop the Bomb were controversial. 
I guess because maybe because racism was still so accepted in 1990. You know, maybe Sadat X's bars like, <laughs> yeah. what I will provide will collide with the devilish ways of thinking. Erasing false facts that started with Abe Lincoln. Being great, used his weight and freed the slaves. But did he free us? Take a look around at the black man. See us. Illiteracy rules. They show in cartoons in schools. They're way understaffed. I don't see the ma- the math. Understaffed. Math. Math. I don't know what I'm doing there. But... <laughs> You know, these bars which have become legendary, like the welfare system can create a black horror. Now some people need the money, but others they can manage. By doing this, they take away the cash for the disadvantaged. And the long list grows, more dependency bodes. This creates a cycle, but a cipher unequal. This is the wrong circle that contains the black people. I guess calling white people the devil is controversial, but to be the, you know, honest, <laughs> like, I mean, I guess that's what the problem is, right? Is that the problem with this? Why is this controversial? This is just seems to me like... He's just fucking explaining the situation to me, you know? (laughs) I don't see how you could disagree with him, you know? Like, what, like, explain. Like, am I I out of pocket here? Uh, Well, okay, right. So, just for for the sake of me timestamping, let's just uh, get, let's just say, I'm going to get into Ngobi Trust, um, but uh, I'll, I'll... uh, I'll, I'll say that for timestamp purposes, um, but uh, let's just dip into the five percent of stuff because obviously it's necessary. Um, and I'll see this album, uh, you know, leans on it, leans on it. Like as soon as Grant Poobar, <laughs> like Poobar left this group at this point, so mm. it's just you, Sadat and Jamar, um, mainly, obviously. Um, but yeah, uh, this album's very. So okay, let's start with the five percenters. Uh, so yeah, so five percent nation. Um, uh, basically, uh, as it says, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give this quote here just from the uh, this, this is the website name, Ancient Order of uh, Free Asiatics. So yeah, so it's, it looks it's a very uh, 2005-ish looking website, uh, but you know, information's information. Take it what you will. Um, so yeah, uh, 63, uh, year 63, 69 is where it's come around and started. So um, Department of Correction sees as a threat the 5% see persecution of the nation who are living culture of truth, peace, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, mathematics, like you said. Um, and yeah, so I guess the thing about it, and obviously for noble names, just to give, you know, Rizza, Buster Rhymes, Jaylek, Ra Kim, Raekwon, Nas, Erica Badu, uh, Big Daddy Kane to an extent. Uh, uh, you know, you know, is is them, you know, there's some people in it, right? <laughs> there's, some, there's some people in it. Um, basically, it was kind of like popularized by Clarence Thirteen X. Um, the the they they call him. Uh, I think it says here. Hang on, it's it's very distant text, so I'm just like leaning in with my mic here. The group that causes corrections upon us to split hairs over terms like gang and religion, founded by 1964 by Father Allah, who's, uh, who the wisdom under under THEM called him, 30 next, current 30 next, he created some of the first students in 62. Um, he was born in Harlem, uh, he moved from Harlem, born in Virginia, uh, and basically went on from there. Uh, where are the 5%? <laughs> uh, some are located in the ghettos of hell, the education system, law enforcement, penal institutions, high government offices in the United States of America. So basically, this is kind of, from how I gather it, in my limited knowledge, again, um, I'll say, on, I'll pop on, you know, what you're saying in terms of just like, you know, it's very limited, and I'm sure there are plenty of people, if uh, if they listen to this, they'll be just like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? They know nothing. 
etc etc right feel free i would love an episode on this just like if uh, sure. anyone wants to talk about it it's, Reach it's, out, it's a fascinating it's a fascinating aspect it's a fascinating aspect right um on just like on on black american culture especially um because obviously you know people love to talk about uh nation of islam which is obviously um you know the more i guess a well-known element of um of this i wouldn't i wouldn't say here nor there if this is like its own entity um but there's there's some you know there's some connections to it right um he actually uh, speaking of clarence 13x um he worshipped a temple number seven who which was then under the leadership of malcolm x at the time um so you know he was clearly uh connected to uh the uh, nation of islam he actually left in 62 um and basically started his own thing five five percent of doctrine um so uh yeah so it's kind of like he i guess it's like his offshoot so to speak um if you want to if you want to if you want to take that as it is um uh, so trying to find another thing uh, adherence to an ideology that defines the collective asiatic black man as god is a political act a manner in which to register uh, protests against the institutions of the system. So, you know, this is very, this is more, um, I guess, uh, I, I would personally label this under the uplifting of uh, the black man in uh, in America, right? In some fashion, uh, with obviously the uh, the, the Isla- Islamic slant in the same way as Nation of Islam. Um, as to why uh, rappers, obviously like Rakim, BDK, um, took this so took this in and not something like the nature of Islam especially um, is 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 up to uh, is up to probably more research from, from our side of the spiral <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah it is a fascinating aspect of it so getting into we in God we trust um, you know it, it, I mean the first track is called Allahu Akbar bruv like I mean <laughs> third track is called meeting at the five percent uh, Allah and justice uh, the gods dot 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 um you know there's a lot there's a lot to this album um you know it's worth saying uh from the you know uh, in in a lot of these uh in a lot of these albums that you know ride so heavily on this kind of uh in this kind of uh, uh, uh kind of a uh, what's the word subject matter um you know it it can it can di- it can dip into you know stuff that um, you know that people just can't you you, you you can't be doing the homophobic shit bruv right it's just it's just it is what it is yeah, that um, was ridiculous. You know, that, and they try to clean i don't know if you read sadat i think it was sadat x's words um put me on who just said on the genius annotation it was like no nah, we weren't talking about people who were homosexual we were just talking about people who were soft but then they say the word gays in the very oh, next even word. with that set like regardless, yeah, well, exactly. Well, regardless, if not, it, if, regardless if he could slice it like that, it's still, it, you know, most people are going to do that thing where they're just going to they're going to equivocate, uh, not equivocate. They're gonna, um, you know, this plus this equals that. Like, you know, they're just going to contextualize it like that. You may not contextualize it like that. So, you know, even even with them, you know, with these uh, these particular particular tracks, like, um, you know, most of them are, um. Most of the 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 titles I mentioned, Allah and Justice, for example, are very short, um, you know. But uh, you know, it has just very succinct lyrics of, you know, Lord Jamar saying, "The knowledge is the foundation. The wisdom is the way. The understanding shows you that you are on your way." Um, Sadat X, God, God came to teach us of the righteous way of how to build, be, and be born on this glorious day. 
to to the knowledge of the cipher is to lighten you true that true uh that true that you know that god isn't right inside of you um you know that's <laughs> that's that's just that's some that's some deep shit in yeah, some yeah. fashion right if you yeah. really like I, i'm not in this i'm not in religion in any fashion right i i'm, I'm it's not my steez um but you know i can see that hitting for somebody um so you know it, this this album could be you know a real uh seminal album for somebody um not for me personally uh but it, it, in terms of like the rest of the discography um which um Jesus Christ, we should get into. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you know, regardless of that, um, this is a real, this sticks out. This really sticks out, this album, in, uh, you know, some good ways, some really bad ways, um, but in an overall, just a very fascinating way for me. This is, yeah, I mean, look, people left, people left, and this is one of the big things. Everyone still talks about it to this day. They still get asked about this to this day. It was a huge thing when Grand Poobah left Brand Nubian. And they still put out an album. You know, he left before the album. Uh, Lord Jamar said that before they got on, and I'll just explain this briefly. Grand Poobah was the older brother or the father or, you know, forgive my use of slang here. This is just quoting Lord Jamar, the big homie in Lord Jamar's words. And he once said that they, he said once they dropped their first album, sorry, all of a sudden everyone was on equal footing. So people weren't looking at Brand Nubian as the same way uh, as you know, Digital Underground, where they had just a, a genuine leader, you know, they were looking at Brand mm-hmm. Nubian like Outcast, where everyone had equal footing. And Lord Jamar said that Grand Poobah wanted to treat Jamar and Sadat X as, you know, slightly underneath him, even though they weren't slightly underneath him anymore. And he said that Grand Poobah may have had people in his ear telling them that he was the nicest and he should go on to pursue the solo career. So he left and he took DJ Alamo. DJ Sincere came in. I can't think of a group who lost their main artist and then dropped something even more successful on their next record. Because this is their most successful record ever. It went number 12 on the Billboard 200. I think their previous was, I don't know, their last album went 130, I think. Um, how could that, Like, imagine Tribe without Q-Tip or Fuji's without Lauren or Digital Underground or D12 yeah. or G-Unit without 50 Cent or Dipset without Cam. Like... That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. That I can't is. think of any situation where that has happened before, man. I, I just, I can't. And yeah, I think Charlie said it really well, honestly. I don't have a huge amount to add to it. Did um, I? I? I tripped up a lot, but yeah. No, look, man, we don't. We, we're we just, we, again, I apologize when we're, <coughs> we're novices in this, but um, I, I find it all like really interesting diving into this and just seeing the depth and the intricacy of the message. And that's what, like, endures to me about this album is that i have no fucking idea what's going on and so i'm reading the lyrics like i'm reading a book and like googling stuff and i've got 50 tabs open trying to understand what this word means and where this comes from and and understand this so this is a it's a great record honestly boy it uh it's very dense if you're not uh very knowledgeable you're gonna go if you want to learn then you'll learn heaps from this record trust me um but yeah then we get the third album everything is everything <clears throat> yeah, um, I feel like when uh, when you mentioned that, uh, obviously the Grand Poobah leaving and all that kind of stuff, uh, I feel like they kind of just went to what they know in terms of uh, in terms of Golby Trust and all of that uh, and all of the five percent elements. Um, and honestly, I don't think it was that uh, hardly. It, I don't think honestly, I don't think there's been album 
not to not to go back to Gobby Trust, but like I don't think there's been an album that really just uh, rides that five percent wave um, in the way that they did it. Uh, that was, it was really really explicit. Um, but then it gets to everything to everything, and it kind of just um, yeah, it kind of just uh, goes back to the mean. I guess it regresses back to the mean um, in terms of uh, compared to the first two. It kind of just sits in the middle there, uh, where um, you know. Uh, all for one was the, uh, I guess uh, the, um, you know the, the the classic, the Five Mike Source album, right? And you know just really uh, some really good stuff in there lyrically, and obviously the production. And then the God We Trust went, you know, super just uh, not well left field in some way, and just dipping into mad five percent of stuff and talking about that kind of stuff. Um, but this one, yes, yeah, it kind of I feel like it comes back to the middle. Um, Lord Jamar produces all the tracks uh, apart from tr- uh, track five by B- Buckwild, uh, which was a st- uh, all of that. Which um, actually I didn't even rate that hard, even though Buster Rhymes is on it with the hook. Uh, I didn't even like I didn't really like the hook that much. Um, I don't know, just uh, yeah, it, it, it didn't hit with me. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, sweating bullets is interesting. I like I do like I do like sweating bullets. Um, that's a that's a kind of cool track, uh, lick them motherfuckers, which uh, I think was on a film. It was on a film. I forget what film it was, um, but yeah, I swear that's on a film soundtrack of on, of some fashion. Uh, someone, someone let me know on that one as a factoid. I, I swear, could have sworn that it was on a, uh, a like a film of that time. Not New Jack City, something of that nature though. I don't know, uh, but yeah, there's some good stuff on that track. Uh, you know, just. Jamar and Sadar just go fucking heavy on their verses. <coughs> um, you know, Lord Jamar goes, uh, you like the taste of lead, we'll get your face fed. After I'm done, you rather suck on pencils. <laughs> Here come the coroner with chalk for the stencils of your body as I walk over the shit and spit out a hock. Now your brothers talk shit and can't back it. That's why I had to fit in with a full metal jacket. Peel his cat one side, because I know that's all it takes. Uh, watch the motherfucker balling, his body catch the shakes. Just before you die, I'ma look him in his eye. Ask the nigga how you figure. Uh, he was big enough to try the motherfucking G to the O to the D. I told you a couple times that the gods must be crazy. This is some, this is some real just muscle shit, man. Uh, they, uh, I, 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 lo- I love how these guys can just like you know talk about religion or whatever, but then just like go, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna clap you with some bullets, like. <laughs> It's just crazy, like Sadar X on sweating bullets. For the next couple of seconds or however long this takes, I'm gonna hit you, hit you with something far below Christ or nothing. Couldn't get a better deal if this was Vegas. Ain't no cards on the table, just a bottle of black label and a picture of you girl who I said was sweating bullets. Reach for it, pull it, or we'll always have beef. You'll be scared to walk the streets, uh, sweating up your sheets. You bought a ticket to Jamaica. I call you at the airport. Blood spilled on your dome. Which funeral dome is the one preferred? All expenses occurred. To the one who sweats bullets, slugs, thugs, and drugs, or whoever bring it, be able to sing it. It's just, it's just, it's just they, they just float on some of these, some of these tracks, man. They really do float on it. So, uh, you know, it is interesting how just they come back to them. They come back to the middle in some way. But they just hit with some. They they got some hit hard hitters here. Claiming I'm a criminal. <sighs> Damn son, that's a hard. That's a hard track. That's a, that's like the longest track on here as well. I think, and it just oh my gosh, that, that track goes so hard. Yeah, I really I really like this album in the sense that they produced it all themselves, and they went number twelve with their last album. Right, they could easily have linked up with the Bomb Squad 
and said, give us the secret sauce, and then just done this over the top of very contemporary productions and probably grabbed the top five album. But that's not how they operated on this record, you know. It would have watered their sound down, I think. And this album went 54 on the Billboard 200, which is a huge drop from their previous album. And at the time, remember that, you know, every year hip-hop was becoming more uh, successful in the mainstream. So, like, their first album was, what, 90. One ninety ninety ninety, and the last album was I think ninety three ninety two. So even when we get to ninety four, like that's massive. That's a massive year in hip hop history. Um, they could have like just done that, but they they didn't do that. And when Lord Jamal was asked about the messaging and the anger on this album, uh, and he said this, and I think it was really uh, I forget where he said it. I'll have to find that and then link that. Um, he says the anger was not just towards a white race, it was towards the oppressors. Whoever is into oppressing anybody, I get angry about that. I do not go for the oppression of women or anybody. These are poor people who get oppressed all over the world. I've been to Nigeria and I saw black on black oppression. We have to keep it real. Did you ever read the book Stupid White Man by Michael Moore? If you keep it real and look around the planet, the ones who are doing the most oppression towards people are white men. I didn't tell them to do that. As far as dealing with the average white person on a daily basis, I know that the average white person is being lied to and oppressed the same way that black people are being lied to and oppressed. It is really about the haves and against the have-nots. I see the poverty levels and I see how we really have not risen over the years. We are pretty much in the same place we've been for a long time. You look on the TV and you see the fabulous life, uh, this one or that one. They see the money that people have. Bill Gates has billions of dollars and all that. That is obscene. Now, I don't necessarily agree with everything he says in that. You know, I don't think that you can equate or say that you know the average white person is being oppressed the same way that the black people are being oppressed. I don't think that at all. But you could see where his anger and frustration was coming from, and it was at inequality. And certainly on this record, I think that that anger and frustration bubbled right over on many, many tracks on here. I think is palpable is definitely palpable and uh this is a great it's a great record and then we get their best record which is foundation oh my gosh yeah no this is the this is probably like the first time where i was um listening to them and uh i don't know it, it just really this this album just really uh cleaned up for me i don't i don't know why um i mean i kind of do but it, it just it, it was it was very surprising because i was listening to the three uh, the first three, and uh, and you know, I kind of listened to them very quick succession. So a lot of it, a lot of it bled to get bled into each other a lot for me. Um, but yeah, this one just stuck out differently, and I'm not really sure how. Uh, maybe I guess it's the uh, the it, it has. Funny enough, I think it's the it, most of the time when we talk about you know production, right? And uh, most of the time, it's better. If you know, uh, is like one or two, uh, you know, producers, and you know, you, you don't want to hold, you don't want like, you know, all, you know, too many cooks, uh, 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 fucking up the kitchen. You know what I mean? Uh, to 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 say that famous quote. Um, but this one, this one, I there's a lot of producers on here compared to the re- compared to the first three, and uh, it helps. It really does help. Um, you know, Poobar's back. Um, is this the one where Poobar comes back? Uh, yeah, it's a reunion, isn't it? Yeah, reunion album. Uh, so yeah, Poobar's back. Uh, he's on uh, Shine a Star. Uh, uh, wait, well, he's on. He's on. They're on a lot, obviously. Uh, but yeah, uh, actually, this is actually more um, compared to the first album, which I referenced. Uh, you know, a couple of like solo tracks. Just a lot of them. Uh, a lot of the tracks are pretty much all three of them plus other people. Um, 
uh, apart from maybe one day with which is just Grand Poobar and Common, but most of the time it's Grand Poobar, Jamar, and Sadar X, and somebody else if there's a feature. Um, but on the production side, there's a lot of uh, different there's a lot of different names here. You got Alamo, Lord Finesse, uh, Chrissio Ligio, I think I say say, uh, Diamond D on Foundation, uh, Lord Finesse, I think I've already said, uh, Buckwild, Grand Poobar, DJ Premier on the Return. <laughs> Yum, 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 yum. Give me, give me all that. Give me all that. I'm eating that. Uh, but honestly, the stretch from the stretch from black on black crime after the black on black crime interlude, it just gets better and better for me. Like that stretch, that final half is 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 just. I don't know why it just really all just really just took me by the neck. Uh, I love all the tracks after that. Uh, not to say I didn't like any of the tracks before, but um, uh, after after Black on Black Crime, it just I don't know. I just started listening just different. It, it started hitting differently for me when I was listening to. It. I was just like, damn, there's some really good shit here all over the place. Um, so yeah, man, this is an outstanding album. I, I love this album. This is good. Yeah, man. Oh, I'm just listening to the return just then, like. This album is amazing, man. This and the, and the weird thing is to me, anyway, the best songs in this record are actually produced by people other than Brand Nubian because I think the Return by DJ exactly. Premier, yeah. "Don't Let It Go to Your Head" is their song. You know, that's the song that I would imagine most people will know if you've never listened. I, the Return as well. That's you know, going back over this episode, those were the two songs I've certainly recognized. Um, and it's "Don't Let It Go to Your Head" is the one that most people reference in interviews about Brand Nubian, uh, Chris Ligio. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I apologize, but he produced that. Uh, the title track, uh, well, not title track, the name of their group, Brand Nubian by Buck Wild. Maybe One Day by Buck Wild and Love Why Versus Why do they Hate have by... two tracks with the same name? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about <laughs> that. That me off. I was like, hang about, I swear there was another one. <laughs> Especially like, there are a lot of artists who have two tracks of the same name, but not their name. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Jay-Z has a couple Weird. of anythings. Uh, he has a couple of, there's another one that he has a couple of, but, uh, you don't have a couple of brand Nubians, you know, that's a bit weird, that one. But, um, I think I'm black and I'm proud. Grand Puba and Alamo produced that is probably one of the best records on this, on this, this album. Uh, Lord Jamar said this is their best album by far. He told Drink Champs it was the crispest and most lyrically adept record they've ever put out. Um, I just thought it was amazing, man. I just, I just thought it was really great. I think there's heavily heavy messaging on this album. Actually, I think that on the title track, Lord Jamar and Sadat X drop deeply socially conscious verses. Uh, straight out of now, um, you know, Lord Jamar raps brand new, being steady influence and fans, and I think that they they carry that knowledge that they're influencing people throughout the whole record. Now, the reason I included that passage was to highlight the tightrope that Brand Nubian has had to walk their whole career. The the, the passage that I just read. Because we're doing a retrospective on them in 2021, and Foundation is their greatest album. It dropped in 1998. So they carved out a great career in a huge portion of the 90s. One of their albums went number 12 mm-hmm. on the Billboard 200. Now, they managed to make their music accessible, yet steeped with really deep messaging. And I think that Foundation is the best manifestation of that. If we say Don't Let It Go To Your Head is probably their most recognizable song, Grand Poober's verse is all about how hard he is working to bring knowledge to his listeners, and Lord Jamar's verse is a cautionary tale about success in the music industry. And Basically, the whole song is, you know, taking an analytical look at their surroundings. If you fast forward 20 years, who in the mainstream aside from Kendrick and Cole would make a song like this? Mm. I can't 
please name me one if you guys can think of one because I can't fucking think. And whilst I definitely cede all matters of religion and ideology to that writer of that book and everyone else, you know, I do have to say from a standpoint of socially conscious messaging, I don't think foundation deviates much from the messaging that brand new being like, it may not have as much 5% nation uh, talk in it. That's, that's, you know, again, I cede on that, but I think that they got the marriage between the content and the beast right on this album for the first time in their career. And they created, I think a classic, like a total and 98 too, bro. There's yep. so many incredible records coming out in 98 to set yourself apart like that had to be something super special. And I think it was, yeah, for sure. Um, and then get into a fire in the hole, which is a uh, six years later. Mm. And, um, I actually like this album. I feel I I I was preparing not to like it because you know, well, look at the year, two thousand and four. I had I had doubts, but uh, I I I they they sound so grown up here. Um, in def in especially in what they talk about, um, you know, young son, very simply, you know, talks about you know lessons to a young son. Uh, young son, uh, mama, talking about mothers, uh, you know, and uh, whatever happens to whatever happens to that person, whatever happened to her, like it's just so I don't know. It's like rem- It's like dudes that are in their, I guess they'd be in their four thirties, forties, like late thirties around this time. Um, yeah, so something like that, right? Uh, and. Yeah, so Jamal's 53 now, so, and the rest of them are like 50-odd, so yeah, that'll be, yeah, about around 30-something. Um, so yeah, with that said, it's so fascinating, this album, because it's very grown up. Um, it's back to being produced mainly by them, Lord Jamal mainly, um, throughout uh, Sadat and uh, Alamo and uh, Kapuba come in for a few, and they all put and they all uh, put in on the uh, on the performance side uh, for every track. Um, but yeah, it's so equal, very different to the first album in that fashion. That it's it's very equal, uh, equal uh, billing, uh, which is cool. Um, and I just love the I just love the grown up nature of it. Um, it, it it gives a different it gives a different flavor um, as to who they are. And I kind of feel like this is what a lot of rappers should do, but they just don't because it's their um it, they 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 just ride with the with the persona they have right a lot of these rappers obviously have a persona um i am the i am the stripper king of this kind of thing i am mr money hose and clothes and that's fine right right but it's it, it's <laughs> so, i'm sorry guys like <laughs> if you're if you're uh I, i'm not trying to listen to somebody talk about money ho- uh, like you know going to a strip club when they're pushing 40 i'm not that's I'm not listening to that person. I'm sorry. Like it doesn't work for me. Like you know, age, except Juicy J. I feel like well, I don't listen to Juicy J. So there you go. That's the only, point. There you go. Point made. Like only I exception. I mean, sure. I guess fine. I'll take your word for it. I'll seed knowledge, as you keep saying, uh, to, to you. <laughs> I like that word. Um, I, but, I use it a lot. Seed. <laughs> seed. I will seed uh, the 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 floor to you on that front. Um, but I don't know. I just like how these guys just um knew where they were and they talked about where they were um and uh i I find that just refreshing from a from a hip-hop standpoint because a lot of them don't 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good album. Like, I think it's his second best produced album behind Foundation. Yeah, solid. Yeah, it's real solid. I don't have a lot to say about. It. I think it's a great album. I think it's really good. Uh, so that's fine. We can move on for time. <laughs> yeah, we can move on for time. The one thing I will say is that I feel like Young Son could easily have been on a Rockefeller album. That's the only thing. I I was just like, that's that could be is a that just a bad blaze. Thing, no, great yeah. thing. Could be a big oh, right. beat yeah, that okay, one, okay. but. Time is yeah. running out. I'll just quickly run because, I mean, this was just material recorded between 97 and 98. So it's basically a foundation B-side. Oh, fuck. Yeah, man. <laughs> fuck. I mean, it's a, it's okay. a studio album. I didn't even clock that, you know. <laughs> no, nah, it's a studio album, but like it's just... Oh, right. That makes a know. lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 2007, we're getting into we're getting into Triggered Charlie territory in 2007. Now we're getting into real like 2008, yeah. 2009. Charlie's going to not... <laughs> engage with any records coming out of that time so foundation yes yeah, is foundation b side this one i will write that either, either i will do that documentary someday one day like, it's gonna happen I'm, I'm gonna get that documentary i'm gonna it's, it's gonna be like this like it's gonna be like 10 parter every year you know what i mean just gonna do like, actually actually i probably won't even benefit it'll probably be like 10 episodes for every year like that would have to be it'll be so much shit to do anyway um you know, dreams aside. Um, yeah, okay, right. That makes a lot more sense considering it was all done in 97, 98. Uh, I, was, I was listening to it and I was just like, okay, this is throwback. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, there's a very throwback elements. Um, so, yeah, it's obviously pre-Foundation, if that's the case. Um, yeah. Or just around the time, around same time, time as Foundation. Yeah. Maybe it's Foundation B-sides, who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Or just like, you know, uh, cutting room floor Foundation, which is, you know, fine. I, yeah. I you know, I, I, I'm... <laughs> Literally, oh, that actually would bleed very well into our lighter note. Um, but uh, I guess um, I'll leave on I'll leave on the note um, as a final thought as to brand new view themselves. Um, yeah, I kind of I I struggled giving a like a term for like a, you know just general thoughts as um, as Dan before. But I do feel like you put pretty much put nail put the nail on the head as like they were very successful. You know, con- especially considering. The subject matter that they had, um, you know, they they didn't they didn't really go down a route of being accessible from a lyrical standpoint, right? There's, you know, when you when you talk about five percent of shit for a whole album or for a majority of an album, like that's that's going to alienate some people, um, and you and you're very confident that you aren't going to get any white fans, and uh, you know, obviously in terms of if you want to be mainstream in any fashion, which I'm not saying they wanted to be, but you know, if you're going to get sales, let's just say that, or get any recognition. Um, you will want you will want to pander to, to the white to the white fans, and um, not to say that all the other rappers that you know Charlie did, um, but they made it accessible. Um, Tribe was accessible to to a lot of people, and that's good. That's great. Um, and a lot of a lot of other artists in the nineties were accessible, and that's also great. Um, but Brand Nubian was just you know something, um, not even not even underground. I, w- I don't even want to say that. Um, you can class it as such if you feel you can make an argument for that, but I don't really think I don't really feel it's un is is as underground in that fashion. I feel like it's more. I feel like it's more knowing who they are and just being completely confident in that. Um, the, the, there's a self confidence in their music that is very refreshing uh, throughout their career, and uh, I feel like that's probably the biggest thing I came out with this. Um, thinking about it, think thinking about we all we've talked about now. I feel like the confidence in themselves to just talk about what they want to talk about, um, no matter what, uh, is kind of cool. 
And uh, like I said, with Fire in the Hole, the fact that they, you know, accepted where they're at in their lives and chose to talk about that instead um, and, you know, evolve their their personas, so, so to speak, and keep it relatively close to the chest and keep it relatively personal um, is refreshing. And uh, I guess that's my word for, for Brand Nubian. Refreshing in a lot of ways um, compared to a lot of artists around that time. Uh, they were talking about different things, uh, all were talking about the same things, but in their own way. And, uh, that's all, you know, that, that's why it's always cool to just, you know, not just listen to the tribes, the De La Souls, right? It's, you know, it's what is, you know, if you want to listen to them, that's cool. That's great. That's, you know, <laughs> no complaints from me. Um, but you know, it's always worth listening to something else. And there's always something else out there. And, uh, I feel like Brand Nubian's a outstanding alternative uh, for people that um, you know may want something else from the golden era on that front, on that front, I think that um, you know the conversation that we had on this episode it was great. Like I could be off in that, and I could be off in thinking, you know, but I was just fascinated to discover their content and discover what they were talking about and understand their perspective. So I think that. You know, I was thinking like, well, how am I going to sum it up and what kind of, what what's their legacy going to be? I think it was just fucking in real time. You guys just heard it where we started talking about 5% Nation. We started learning more. I learned more about it. Um, that's amazing. Like, honestly, to have, and, and these, as Charlie says, it's not some niche group that no one's ever heard of before. It's Brand Nubian. Like, you know, they're one of the biggest groups of all time. Everyone fucking knows who Brand Nubian are. So to have that messaging that really deep messaging uh, and never compromising on that and always uh, just delivering it to us. Shout out to Brand Nubian because I fully respect that and I really appreciate the opportunity to learn and listen uh, and just learn about, you know, what they went through and and what they stood for. I I really appreciate that opportunity to, to have that. And I think if you've never listened to Brand Nubian before and you're curious, absolutely go back, but go back with, you know, Google Chrome open and uh, start start getting some tabs up and start reading because, you know, it's important. I think it's important to understand this stuff. I really do. Microsoft Edge is better. Um, all right, we shall hop in uh, with that said. We shall hop into a lighter note. Um, don't knock you try, bro. Don't knock you try. And, uh, yeah, uh, sh- uh, I was talking about, um, I guess, the uh, vaults and uh, shout out to the guys. To, um, shout out to everybody that just, like, you oh, know, participated yeah. in that little... Yeah, little a little bit of a viral moment like, right? with the, uh, the vault just thing. Just a titch. Just a titch. Shout out to Tyler at Social Source. He, he, uh, I asked him, like, because uh, it came off that alchemist, uh, an alchemist tweet. Um, he was talking about a vault or something, and uh, I was I, I I asked this question before. I, I swear to like a friend or whatever a while back, but I never actually asked anybody else. So I asked like him and a couple others on a group chat, in and uh, uh, Tyler was like, "Bro, you should you should tweet that. That's that's sick. That's a great conversation." I was like, "You know, what? fuck it. I really do it." But yeah, I, I throw that in there. Okay, you know, tagged a few people, and uh, yeah, yeah, got 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 A and J doing one. He 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 delivered a real specific one. It was like a George Michael album, which is very fascinating. Oh, uh, or she, don't know, don't know I who A and J is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, did a little back and forth. That was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, there were some really good picks. Um, a lot of people just you know picked the you know Prince, MJ, uh, you know Kanye, 
uh, you know, just but you know there were some good ones. Uh, you know, I think Just Blaze is a good shout. <laughs> um, that's a definite. That's a definite shout. Uh, someone said uh, the the Kendrick and J Cole collab vault. I was like, that's very specific, and I fucking love it. That was a great shout. I I wasn't thinking about that. I wasn't thinking because I wasn't speaking specifically. So it was kind of interesting how people were thinking of going about it. Um, a lot of people said Babyface, which is very fascinating from a songwriting perspective. Uh, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, there's some really good answers there. Really, really good stuff. Um, so shout to you, shout to you guys that answered. Um, that's always, that's that's the fun. That's the fun. That's that's the Twitter I like. You know, yeah. that's the Twitter I like. Where just yeah, people just dropping their thoughts and you know getting some fun ones in there. Um, you know, amongst the you know the the usual picks. Um, but you know, there's, there's always some gems. So shout to you. But I like them all. Just to just to be a democrat about it. Um, but yeah. Oh, shout out whoever said Jesse Ware. Shout you out. Who, who? Someone said currency. Wow, currency has a. Vault. Oh yeah, that was a good conversation. Yeah, yeah. Someone Jeez. said currency, and I remember like uh, I think I think he said like because uh, he had a deal um, with somebody. I forget who. Yeah, um, he had one album out of that deal. I remember, but um, yeah. Yeah, and it was put on a shelf, pa- and I was just like, oh right, Pilot didn't Talk know Three. That. Fair maybe. enough. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. it was like it's something from like oh seven oh eight, something yeah. like around that around that area. Um so yeah, he gave me he dropped some knowledge on that front. I was like, Oh right. Oh well, fair enough. Like, yeah, that's that's good. Because I was like considering all the shit he's dropping now, like, fuck, what vault does he have? Like, does he have a vault? Um but yeah, he, they, they uh, whoever oh. whoever sent sent me that one uh, schooled me a little bit, put me on game. So that was that was kinda cool. I like that. Um Got that yo yeah, response uh, as well. Oh yeah, yeah, shout out to you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, Josman dropped a good one. Um, yeah, that was cool. But anyway, um, I need to random a little bit, uh, just just a little bit, just for, for the sake of time. I won't go too too much into it. But um, guys, um, I mentioned at the start of the show that you know uh, I I saw Corey Henry support Lauren Hill a couple of years ago. Um, I went there with my sister, and uh, I paid fifty quid each um, for you know for not, not the greatest seats in the world, and to be honest, as a as, as an I put the word decent as an asterisk because I personally don't like arena shows, um, like especially big arena shows, you know, like the O2 or you know name Australian equivalent here, um, you know, I I'm I'm not into like ninety thousand like seat stadiums like seeing an artist like I I just it's pointless for me, like you can't see you can't see them. Like, uh, there's no point. There's no point. You, you just, there's, there's nothing to that for me. Um, you know, obviously, obviously it's cool with it, with the fact there's a lot of people there. Um, and they're all here for this person, but you know, it's nothing like being like in the jazz cafe where there's like a hundred or so people on the floor and everyone's jamming and you're like, and you're like right fucking near the eyes right there. Like, bro, I took a picture of Rhapsody, bro. Like that was, that was sick. You took Stuff a picture like that, with right? or of Rhapsody? No, I took a picture of Rhapsody. I've got a selfie with Rhapsody. What? I'll send you that shit. I've not told you that. Oh, yeah, Bro, you should be like, that um, should be the cover art of Digging in the Digits. <laughs> if I had a picture with Rhapsody, no. that would just be my profile picture everywhere at all times. <laughs> like, wow. That was gas. That was gas. But yeah, you know, and I'm going to see, um, I'm going to see, um, uh, you know, Sims at the Bri- Brixton O2 Academy. And that's like, you know, 300-ish standing and then seats above as well. You know, stuff like that. Small to medium. I love that. Arena shows, I don't like. Um, I'm already a fan of, but I have done a couple. Lauren Hill being one of them, right? So I got some seats, you know, way, way, way at the back, um, but good, but good level. Not like nosebleed, but good level. Um, and you know that was cool, right? 
again, I bought those for 50 quid each. I am not paying £180 nearly, rounding up, for the Fujis. I'm sorry. I, I love the Fujis, right? And I, I stayed on I stayed on Mosgood last week. I am on it. I'm going. But fuck. I woke up that day at 10am, tapped on my phone. I was like, boom, boom, boom. I already had, like, the, the, the link, like, you know, ready to go. Boom, loaded it up. Bro, when I saw that 170 quid, I was just like, what the fuck? Are you fucking mad? Like, that's for seats, right? For for level one seats. Nosebleeds were 70 quid. Bro, what? I paid good seats to for Kendrick. And that was a couple... That was like 10 or 20 quid more than that. I'm not paying 70 quid for nosebleeds. I'm sorry. That experience is just not worth it to me. It really isn't worth it to me. 180 quid is... Oh, no, 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 no. There's no way. There's no way. And funny enough, um, and not to not to... Not to act like this is, you know, me being vindicated or anything, uh, but they were like three and a half hours late for the New York one the other day, so uh, it's not looking good <laughs> on that front. Not looking promising, um, but that's kind of why I—that's kind of why I was cool with, you know, seeing Lauren for just a hundred quid uh, between me and my sister, because I was just like, even if she's late, I feel like I'm gonna get some sort of enjoyment for that. And I saw Corey Henry, and that was good. I saw Diggable Planets. Bro, I was so I was so gassed. I was the only one like reciting lyrics there. I was the only person there. I was like I was like, where I'm from, where I'm from, team, where I'm from, where I'm from. I was banging it, bro. I was in the back like jamming, um, and uh, yeah, so 108 quid. I just my eyes just exploded. I started crying. I was just like, just like I was. My eyes were searing from the burn of those three numbers. It was horrible. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, there was no standing tickets, which I wouldn't have even considered, um, considering it's the Fuji's, I'm not doing that, you've got to be fucked up, if you think I'm waiting three and a half hours in standing, no way in hell, um, but yeah, Jesus Christ, that, that, the whole thing just, um, that ain't it, chief, that ain't it, there's, there's better experience out there in life, honestly, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to miss it, I'm, I'm, I'm not, yeah, it's not, it's not, the juice is not worth the squeeze for me. I think that you should get a discount because you are one of the only people I've ever met who defends Blunder on Reality. And I think anyone who defends... You, you fucking know, bro. Anyone like, who defends Blunder on Reality the way you do deserves <laughs> a 50% discount minimum. Bro. 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 Like, honestly, <laughs> is that, 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 should be, that should be it, bro. I should send them... I should send them our Fuji's episode, and I should be getting the discount. Like, I honestly, like, it's just the 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 disrespect, bro. It's it's gonna be so middle class, bro, bro. They, I I said this to Ben. I sent this to Ben. I was like, they're gonna clap after Fuji La, bro. Like it's a fucking la, opera. La, la. Bravo, bravo. Like fuck la, off. La, la. Hooray! Like, good work. Bro, Hooray! Yeah, yay! Like fuck bro. me, bro. It's gonna be like a fucking. Oh God, it's gonna be like—I don't know—like a magic show out there. It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh. I mean, those are the pop. Those oh, are the pop it. songs, aren't they? People are gonna be like giving them the pop reception. And this is, yeah, this is the thing, right? Like, if I didn't like, if it was like, I'm not obviously clearly, I'm not one of those people that just like one artist and that's it. If I just like the Fujis, which would be a very interesting, just like thing to uh, act to just just. Just like that one act and nobody else. That'd be weird. Um, but 
you know, if I didn't buy any other concert or any other festival in the next year, then fine. I probably would have done it. But, bro, I'm trying to see Sims, and I, re- I am. I'm trying to see Nao next. I'm I'm trying to hit up a couple of festivals next year. I want to see All Points East. I want to go to, uh, uh, what's the other one? Cross the Tracks. I might go to Maiden Voyage next year again. Um, I want to hit up some other places, you know what I mean? I don't buy festival tickets more than 80 quid. And you got and you think I'm paying... Just, just big sigh, bro. Big sighs. It's sad, man. It's not f- like I don't. I, I know why they're doing it, but the problem I think. I, I, I just yeah. I get it. I get it. But the problem that happens. I've just never been this, priced out that hard. I've never been priced out that hard, bro. This is what I don't like about it, and extreme you know, cock block. I'm not gonna say like I'm not gonna tell <laughs> artists what they need to charge, but oh hell no, no no. It's no. it's pricing people out. It's pricing people yeah. out of having that live experience and having, and it's just another, in my view, another example of just the rich get it, man. The rich can do whatever the fuck they want. You know, I was thinking like I'm moving out, right? So I'm moving out in the next couple of weeks and I did my budget. It's going to be tight. It's not going to be, it's going to be tight. And I was, I was using Listerine yesterday for the third time. And I was like, hang on a sec. I can't use Listerine three times in a day. Like I'm going to be running through Whoa. this Listerine like crazy. I'm going to be like, Bro. that's, you know, it's too much Fuck Listerine. Your mouth's clean, bro. No, I've got a bit. I got OCD, so I'm pretty intense with the cleaning. Gingivitis or what? But I was like, even even using it once a day, and like all the other things that I use that are you know quite expensive. I'm like, man, I can't, I can't do this. Like, it's, my budget's too tight for this shit. And it's just another example. I think it's you know not not the same, but like it's pretty rough that you can't go and see the Fujis. There should be a level. You know, when I saw uh, Jay-Z in U2, I've never seen Jay-Z before in concert, and I went and saw him at this horrible arena show. Awful in a giant arena. I hate arena shows too. They're, they're awful. Could barely just, hear him. They never sound good. Yeah, no, nah, they're garbage. But I paid, what, the equivalent of 30 quid for that ticket. I was in the nosebleeds. But I just wanted to be there. Because I was, yeah. you know, I'd never seen Jay-Z before. I was so excited. Yeah. And just being there in the same stadium was like, well, at least I was here. It was all I could afford. But I still got it, man. I still got that 30 quid yeah. and I paid it and I was there. And, yeah. you know, paying 180 is just, that's <laughs> irrational. I, I think because I've seen Lauren and that's kind of like the main reason why I'd mess with a Fuji show. Like, yeah, you know, Praz and Wyckoff's going to be there. That's cool, right? And we're going to... You know, we're gonna get the full Fujilar experience and like uh, you know, and other tracks. Mics, but y- yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Like that'll be great. But I've seen Lauren; she did "Killing Me Softly" there. I saw that live. I'm good. You know, I'm good. So you know, it's a couple of songs that I'd like to see live. You know, again, "Blunt on Reality." I'd like to hear a couple of tracks from there. See that energy, just see that youthful energy, just come out of them. But uh, yeah, that's 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 not the juice ain't worth the squeeze for me personally. But um, I no hate if you go there, you know, if you got the money, you got the money. But I just have uh, I have other things, I have other things I want to get on, and uh, that's just uh, you know, you just have to make those decisions sometimes, and that's what it is. It is, it is what it is. It's like that's like said. two weeks of rent, bro. <laughs> Shit's no, I mean, crazy. No, I mean. Yeah, exactly, bro. Exactly, bro. Yeah, anyway. Alright. Ladies and gentlemen, we shall leave it there. On the Fifth Film Podcast Network. It's been Digging Digits. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. I've been Chai Taylor of the Fifth Enemy. I've been Ben Carter of Hip Numbers. Next month, UK Black History Month. 
we're bringing it back second year in a row all throughout october uh we're going to do retrospectives on four uk artists benny roll them off who have we got we have Moni love skepta carla and wiley outstanding outstanding four, uh, four right there um especially that money love that's gonna be very interesting just thinking about it because most people are just gonna be like wait a minute what so yeah we'll we'll get to it we'll get to it that's next week and throughout october um i'm probably gonna be doing some stuff on wg as well but then again black history is every year every every month for me so uh get used to it uh and and kind of especially on this show anyway you know because he's a pop anyway hope you all have a good week Wish I was trying to do the same. But until the next time, take it easy. Ladies and gentlemen. Alright, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show is a piece of mini games by bonus points. That's the chill practice for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and chill records will be in the full show notes for every listening. This has been a fifth element podcast network production. Thanks for spending time with us. And we shall see you for UK Black History Month. Or digging digits. <laughs> <laughs>